Hey, it's Kyle Meredith, host of the Kyle Meredith with podcast, presented by WFPK at WFPK.org and the Consequence Podcast Network. It's a series that puts the spotlight on iconic musicians and actors, inviting them to drop by and talk about their latest projects, whether it's albums, TV shows, films, or beyond. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Here it goes. Without Spinal Tap, there is no Tenacious D. Whoa. <laughs> Man. We get great stories and the biggest scoops from people like Garbage's Shirley Manson, the 1975's Matty Healy, Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, Maya Hawk, Kiefer Sutherland, and everyone in between. New episodes arrive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. You can find Kyle Meredith with on the Consequence Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Long lines, dress codes, $23 cocktails that you spill half of trying to get back to your friends. Sure, you could do the typical New Year's Eve thing this year. Or you could bring the bottle service to your front door with Drizzly. Drizzly lets you compare prices on the widest selection of beer, wine, and spirits and get them delivered fast. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and get drinks delivered before the ball drops. Hi, this is David Frangioni, CEO and publisher of Modern Drummer Magazine. So excited about our new podcast, The Modern Drummer Podcast. This weekly podcast will bring Modern Drummer to life. Sit back and enjoy fresh, fun, and insightful conversations with today's top drummers, producers, musicians, beat makers, and craftsmen. Whether you're a professional, a hobbyist, drummer, musician, programmer, producer, or just love music, this show is for you. Every other week, the Modern Drummer Podcast will feature world-renowned producer, songwriter, and drummer, Narda Michael Walden. Narda Michael Walden's Upbeat is featured exclusively on the Modern Drummer Podcast. This is brother Narda Michael Walden, and I'm very, very excited, very, very proud to announce that we have this interview with the genius, 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 Mr. Billy Cobham. Those who know me, Narda, know how important this interview is to be able to talk and get rare, 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 rare behind the scenes. The real genius of Billy talking to us, how he became who he is, what inspired him through his childhood. And when I complimented him and said to him, you know, we all know about, about your genius with a, with a fusion in the outer space, but the fact that your pocket's so deep is why I love you from James Brown. He said to me, no one's ever said that to me before. So I got stopped in my tracks. I was so knocked out that I could say something to Billy that he had not, that had not heard before. So God bless you on this, on this interview. I want everyone to watch it. It's very important to me. So I want it to be important to you. This is the great genius, Billy Cobham, who really broke barriers in music, sound, and life. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. This is with my highest devotion, my highest respect to everybody. Love you, love you, love you. Now I'm like a wall in my new podcast, Upbeat with Modern Drummer. Check it out. Ow! Um, you have just lifted our spirits so high with your drumming and your life and the way you live and what you do, man. So I just mm-hmm. want to just give you so much of my heart's affection for everything well, you've done you. and what you do. I just want to just tell you, you that from, the, from, the, from the jump street. Mm-hmm. What you put down from early days till now, uh, we, we are all uh, just like stepping back in, 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 in awe of. Mm-hmm. And I personally love the way that you were able to mix it all together. For example, I'm a fan of James Brown. I know you remember uh-huh. James Brown. To me, <laughs> oh, I feel like you bring James Brown into the fusionary world, which is why I love you even more. Anything you want to say about that? Um, I'm trying to think of where that dance hall was in the East Bronx near the Yankee Stadium. I just got hired 
just on the off, somebody got sick in his band. And, I'm, and I ended up playing with, I think that might have been, was it Spider Rice or somebody else was in that band just by accident. And I mean, I was more frozen in position than anything else. I didn't know what to do. I heard so many stories that I thought, let me make one mistake. I may not be here tomorrow. And uh, somehow I got, I got through that. Oh man, it came to me and then it left. See, that's what happens when you turn 76. Turn 76, you need to do it so you can understand what I'm going through. Um, (laughs) Anyway, there was that. And then out of the blue, Phil Ramone, what did he do? I was, I don't know where I was. I might've been up at Jim and Andy's hanging with with, uh, either Mel or Mel Lewis. No, it was Grady, Grady Tate. And somebody came up and said, Billy, uh, no, Grady, they need somebody over at, at A&R 48th to do, to do what? Uh, no, A&R 52nd to, to play with James Brown. And, and Grady said, you do it. And I went, okay. I, I don't turn, and then I didn't turn net nothing down. Right, and right. All he had to say was, you do it. I said, I'm, I'm on my way, you know? <laughs> yeah. So when I got there, what they give me, they gave me, they gave me a, a pair of bongos. And uh, I ended up just playing a little thing on a record called The White Knight or something like this, uh, like a, something about narcotics. But apparently, I mean, he was he'd done the, the voice and everything after that. And that was it. And that was the last time I saw him in person. Oh, I see. Okay. You know, but I mean, I, you know, oh, no, it's not. 1988, I saw Mr. Brown. He would never remember me on stage in, in, um, okay, Sardinia at, at the Sardinia Jazz Festival. Uh, I just happened to be on a holiday there. And I came in, to, I was invited to come see the show. And the, of course, they were, they were beyond rocking. You know, they had it so down. Everybody, everybody was, Really, really, it was burning, and that was the last time I saw him. Yeah, so that was 1988. I never saw him again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think about like a beat like Cold Sweat? What do you think oh. about like that? When those guys play, they play who they are, where they come from, and that's all they can do. Great, but it's so so sincere. Um, and that's why it has lasting power. Mm-hmm. No one can play it like them, or could, could not, not to this day. We can all emulate bits and pieces of it mm-hmm. and come up with hybrids, but what's his name, the drummer? Um, Is it Clyde Stubblefield? Clyde Stubblefield. Yeah. Clyde had a thing. Yeah. It's just like talking about Al Green. And uh, and the drummer with him, it's it's apparent simple, but it's not. I mean, for to, for those of us who haven't lived it, you know, it's it's difficult. And and again, uh, the reason to take a moment back, step a moment back, and say, oh, say something other than, oh man, it was a group. No, 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 no. But those guys are they're playing their life every note that comes out and 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 it's not just out of the drum set by way of them is their interpretation of their history so i'm listening to that and i'm trying to come as close to it as possible because it, it depend, depending on a, i mean on the on the, how much the, the the person who was not in, who is not the original player is influenced by that they can only play what they what they interpreted. And some things might work and some things weren't. It's a good example for me would be working on uh, well, how can I say working on, on the in the music of Mission Impossible, but not being on the original date. Or working working uh, on the original uh, shaft. Uh, or having my music on the on 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 
the spin-offs of Shaft and doing jingles on the on for the original Shaft, it's not the same, you know. It the groove was just again, just something very special, you know, played by specific individuals who lived with those people. They they had a they had a family, whether they liked each other or not, the respect was there, and that's what came out. So then we come and we play a watered-down version with all due respect, the best we can. There's nothing negative about it, and put that forward for commercial purposes. As long as you keep these things in mind as a, as a player, and you know, I'm not going to outplay this person or that person. I'm just going to do what I interpret as being how that was. That's right. You can never lose. But I think that's why myself love you so much. You have such a reverence in your playing for the R&B and the funk of music that when you go into fusion meeting the Indian 9, 11, 13, all the odd meters, you are so pure in, in, your, uh, in your sound of your understanding of the funk that mm-hmm. people like me from Kalamazoo, Michigan, I'm with you. I'm like, you're, I'm like, I'm like devoted because I, I, I hear in you what I love from James Brown, what I love from the R&B side. So mm-hmm. this is why I'm telling you, I think you're so, you're so unique. Not just because you're, you're, you're an outer space man, can do all this stuff. No, it's because you understand the damn pocket, man. God bless mm-hmm. your heart. I just want to just say that to you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. No one, no one has said that to me. And, uh, but it's, I'm very happy that you, you understand. Well, where I'm coming from is I lived in Brooklyn, you know, and, and, and that style, you know. And on 89 Chauncey Street and all that stuff that that we were doing from playing stickball in Robert Fulton Park and all of that as kids and all to listening to in the in, in the big gazebo that's at the, at the end of the park, Latinos playing unbelievable kungas uh, and, and stuff in the morning uh, on in the summer, every Saturday morning because they wanted to go home. Um, and that was their way of not not just Latinos, but but African musicians as well. Dr- drummers. There would be maybe twenty drummers out there, and they would be playing Gondomble uh, stuff and all of this um, at eight o'clock in the morning would start, and it would run at least until twelve noon, nonstop, just playing quintos uh, on top, and it all was relative. And then just across the street at around 11 o'clock, there was a bar called Dodgers. And they would open the door and you would hear swing, funk, what, what then was it, what black music wasn't funk, it was rock and roll. Okay. And all of this is coming out of the community. Um, when you live that kind of stuff, Everything is potpourri. It all comes in and goes out, comes out in your playing, you know. And uh, that, for me, I felt totally blessed that I could really hear this on, on, that was my Saturday morning before my mom took me downtown to go buy some stuff at Abraham and Strauss or something like that. But up until that point, all the rest of the week was, we had this big old Crosley radio that uh, my dad bought tubes. It was mono, of course, because we're talking 1952, 53. There about my brother. Yeah, when just been born? How, and we I was born, just I was born the same year, Billy. I'm born 1952, the same as, as Wayne. Yeah? Yeah. I'm telling you, the music that was coming out of that, and every morning, Monday through Friday, yeah. was WNEW. And you heard the top 40, which the top 40, right? Imagine the top 40, how blessed we could be to have Count Basie in the top 40, <laughs> Ellington in the top 40, you know, Sinatra all over the place. Uh, big bands, big bands, big bands, big bands. Okay. Ella, all these people. And that was AM radio. And I was like, what? I mean, for me, it was like when, when we got this FM thing, I said, Oh, so now we got a better signal. I'm trying to get to understand. And so we should get all of those people here. Wrong. And, and you know, I just went, oh, 
okay, you know, I, I, okay, I see where we're going, you know, but this is a land of misdirection, man. So <laughs> anyway, the music was just so heavy, you couldn't get around it. And then you turn to, that's NEW, you had three or four other stations like that. And then you had the Latin stations. And it was like Tito Rodriguez, Tito Puente, all these people. And it was that every tune was on off the hook, you know, incredibly great. You want to just get up and dance out of bed, you know, before breakfast. And, and, you know, but before you go to sleep, it, it was all this music and uh, it was normal for a kid. I mean, in my, in my community to do that. Our one block was mostly Haitian, Panamanian, Colombian, no, Colombian, no, Haitian, Panamanian, um, uh, who else? Who else was on the block? Oh, West Indian, mm. uh, like this. Just one block between Lewis and Stuyvesant, and maybe three blocks back, you know. And that that community, the, the music, the food, I mean, pe- people were just, it was just amazing. On the corner, there was a corner drugstore. You could find, it, of course, they didn't have enough light, so you never knew what for you were getting for sure. But you would be getting something very, very special from from home, from down down south, easily. You know, so much, so rich. You know, yeah, yeah. It was a it was a, a blessing, man. It was a blessing. So this is why you're able to be so versatile, hearing mm-hmm. all these different types of musics. That's in you. You can play any kind of music. Is because of this. Mm-hmm. This is the point you're making. So this is mm-hmm. what I say now. Then when when rock came on the scene, just dead up rock. Uh huh. When were you influenced by that? I actually I was already indoctrinated into it, but I chose not to for some bizarre reason go that that route. I didn't want to be in a rock and roll band. I wanted to I wanted to play in a big band. Uh, I wanted to play in Basie's band or or Ellington's band or Stan Kenton. You know, all of that stuff was on the radio. I love that stuff more than anything else. And of course, then came Miles and Dexter. My dad being a, a piano player, he knew those guys to some degree. Not Miles, but he knew Dexter and, and Dizzy. And so I had to go from time to time and just look at or Jimmy Cobb. And it was my first, was that my, that was my first drum clinic I ever went to uh, at the Hotel Edison in like 19, boy, 1957 or something like this. Okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm there with my, holding my father's hand because he, he knew by then I had already worked with him on somebody's drum set once or twice. He said, and uh, a good friend of his was a guy named Spex Powell, who's a drummer, um, that played on the, I think Spex played on the original um, uh, West Side Story when it was done, um, and, and he was teaching in town. I think he was teaching at Henry Adler's at the time in New York. And so, you know, I'm, I don't know, I'm just walking and going with my dad and hang, hand in hand. We get into this place, and they're having a, a, a convention, the, the NAM, the equivalent of NAM show in a hotel. That's how it was, goes way back. And this drummer's playing uh, I, we missed, Dad was going to see Philly Joe, and we missed him. So the next drummer Jim, was Jimmy Cobb, okay. and and he's playing, and Jimmy never said a whole lot, not, not, never that I've ever known him. And when I saw him, his Dad said, yeah, this Jimmy Cobb, he plays, he plays, with, plays with Miles Davis. And I'm going, who's Miles Davis? <laughs> and uh, and he's, you'll see, you'll see, you know. And um Next thing you know, my dad's talking to this person, that person. I never knew these people. And Jimmy Cobb played, and I was like, boy, I got to, I don't know if I can, oh, boy. You know, I better go back home and sit down and think this out, you know. Yeah, okay. I, I had a friend at the time. His name was, uh, was Keith Copeland. And Keith Copeland's drummer, uh, Wave, me and him went to, to, to elementary school together. And, and, and when we finally got out to Queens, and... Um, he said, yeah, man, my dad, my dad's trumpet player. And uh, uh, I'm going to, 
I'm going to see if we can't. You, I'm, he's going to give me a lesson with Ronnie, Ronnie Bedford. I'm going, who's Ronnie Bedford? And he said, oh, he's this drummer that works with the Johnny Richards Orchestra. And I said, what's the Johnny Richards Orchestra? And he said, oh, you'll see. And so I said, okay. Um, he said, yeah, because my dad just bought me a new set of drums. I said, really? I want to come up. Can I come over? And 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 I come over and uh, after school, and he's he's sitting there on this at this Gret or no, it was like a combination Slingerland or something or other. The reason why I know is because unfortunately for all of us, for me, Keith died. And and uh he was Dr. Keith Keith Copeland uh at of the, the school for uh for Conservatory of Music uh, in Mulheim, not Mulheim, Mannheim, Germany, and also in Heidelberg. So he had a double doctorate professorial, and he, I ended up with his drum set. I, I, I took it from his wife because it was just sitting there. I said, what are you going to do with that? And she said, I don't know. I said, give it to me. Yeah, give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> give it to me. <laughs> I, just, I just restored it and, you know, kept keep it here at home. And, um, but in the process, Keith had just, we started playing on that drum set. We're talking, I think I just got into, I was, can't be more than 12 or 13 years old by then okay. at junior high school, you know, and we, my, I, I was trying to figure out what am I going to do? I got, I, I think I'm going to be able to go to music and art but high school, but I don't have any instrument because we, we couldn't do that. So uh, he, he, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know. And to, to, to think about that, that drum set just reflects on all of the stuff that happened to me just before I finally made the, the first commitment. And when I saw what Ronnie Bedford did with Keith, just showing him how to play he wanted to know how did Joe Morello play uh, uh, Blue Rondo a la Turk and, and take five. And I'm, I'm watching this thinking, man, how do you play in five? I can't even play in three. I can't even play in four. You know, and this guy's doing five beats to one bar. How's that work? And then he went and played in nine. And I went, no, that, now I'm scared. Now I'm scared. I said, I don't think I can start. I can't learn all of this. And uh, eventually it came, you know, it turned out to be just all phrasing and not about math as a, as a, as a, prop, a proprietary pat, uh, foundation to be on. Well, let's speak about that now, now that we're here. Um, Ma Vishnu would also speak about. Shit. <laughs> he would say the time is a. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, he sends his love to you. He said, "Got a hold of me last night." I told him I'd stop me talking to you today. He said, "Is that right?" Give you his love. I hope yeah. you're not listening. You <laughs> yeah. give you his love from Monica. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, times were in, in shapes for him. So I'm asking you now. Here you at listening to like five or nine when you were a kid was scary, but then you ended up being the master of this stuff. Speak about that. I mean, you took those things and just made them so comfortable like our shoes we wear every day that we can live now forever and what you put down. Well, it starts with the phone. Yeah. Mark. I mean, it, it does. I mean, you have a foundation. It's a groove. Yeah. It's about, it's just not about the numbers. I mean, <clears throat> some of the things that I feel very, uh, how can I say, holding to to John about is that we we never talked a lot in those days. Much too much going on, and from I mean, and and one of the reasons why we didn't talk a lot in those days because I understood that I wasn't the problem. There was so many other things going on, and the big thing was that he didn't have to talk to me. To, to say and do what we needed to do because we had this indoctrination period well before anybody else showed up. I was, I'm not sure if it was Whitey Davis's place, megaphone or where it was down in Soho, but we hung out for, I think it was about a week or two. I don't know, alone. And at least the first 10 days was of always trying to figure out 
what was all this stuff in his small uh, notepad that he had spiral back that he would look at and you couldn't see his eyes. They looked like they were crossing and he was, he was, yeah, I want to do this. And then he would play it. Yeah. And he said, well, what do you, what, you know, how, how can, and all I could do was play and play in a way that would reflect the music that he was performing on the guitar, something to enhance that. Mm-hmm. Now here's the Latin part. Mm-hmm. You put somebody down in a set of kungas, they're going to play foundationally what they, they've learned on the kungas, and it's going to fit somehow into everything that's happening because they're speaking language through the drums. And, and no matter where I go in Africa, it's the same. You sit them down and you start to play something that might be in five, and they, will, they won't think about five or six or 19 or 150. They will play something that reflects somehow and makes you feel comfortable about what you're doing. But they don't know what that is. I mean, they wouldn't know how to analyze it. It's just what they felt. And I, I was flying by the seat of my pants, man. Well, what and, about, and, a, jam, what about a jam like Vital Transformation? Where you're whooping those, 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 those hi-hats. You're, just, you're bringing like Bernard Purdy vibes into those hi-hats. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, I know what you mean by that. And Purdy doesn't even come to the picture. <laughs> well, let's not go there. Okay. I mean, I love him, but, you know, no. <laughs> but still, yeah. still, it was in that direction and more. Yeah. But it was just what was, was uh, I think, I felt like what I was hearing was what needed from everybody else was what I needed to play to support everybody else. I don't know where it came from. Right. I, I have no idea. It just, it fit. And since nobody said anything, I figured I'd do it until somebody said something. Yeah, yeah. Nobody said anything. <laughs> I, think, I think you're a great arranger, Billy. I know you're a great drummer and all that, but I think you're also a great arranger that you can hear something and know what to play that sparks it. I think on everything we're loving about your work, I'm hearing your creative juice in your arranging capacity, in your composing capacity. That's Mm -hmm. what what I'm stunned by. Not just the fact you can do it, but you would think it. Look, 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 for example, let's go forward. Look at, look at birds of fire. That's revolutionary. You're right. But look at, Look at Spectrum. Okay. Okay, I'll tell you why. And we'll come back to Birds of Fire. Okay. My influence, my 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 inspiration was a 19-year-old kid named Bolin who would stand there and I didn't tell him what to play, but he just looked to me like he would know. And he did not disappoint. He just laid it down. And I'm going, is this cat really 19? Nah, it's got to be somewhere closer to 60. I mean, it just didn't, he just was playing way more mature than, than, than I had. I didn't expect that. And it made me feel so comfortable to do that. Now we go back to not just birds of fire, but intermounting flame. Yes. And what's happening is that I had a very special relationship without actually knowing with Jan mm-hmm. and Rick. I mean, the rhythm section was just solid. And to be honest, I didn't learn about, I didn't understand the value of the one person I haven't mentioned yet, but will, of Jerry Goodman until 2014. I mean, it, it just didn't, it just did not occur to me. You know, okay. I only, all I heard was in a million notes coming, but I didn't understand what he was playing or even why I was so embedded in the rhythm section yes. and left Jerry to John, you know, it's like, I got no time for this. It's working obviously, you know, in my own head. And then I started just opened, went back and started listening and said, my God, what? I, I, did, I was there for it. I, I contributed, but I didn't understand it. I was just not old enough in my mind and experience to actually realize why Jerry was there and what he was doing. And now I do. And it's like, wow, 
you know, the, 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 the beauty. And, but again, getting back to it, it, it's like some things take time, mm -hmm. maybe a lifetime, you know, some things I, 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 I still listen to Love Supreme, man, because I can't get past it. <laughs> and I've got I don't have all John Coltrane records. But there, I have a lot of them and they're sitting and those LPs sit in my record collection. And every time I start to go to something else, I come always, I always come back to a love supreme, you know, because it's so chock full of goodness. And I only need a little bit, you know, and that, that was the same thing with the MO. I mean, I knew at some point in time I was expecting that there was going to be a change. I, I mean, it's just, we were working so hard and I, I was getting sick from it without really realizing it because I just couldn't keep up. I was getting very tired, and uh, so I needed a break. And so, what it, when it when it when the decision was made to to let the thing stop, but in our in our this situation, I went. You know, sometimes it's all about it's it, it's uh, it's something up 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 top that's saying, okay, that's it. You need to put this away for a minute. You know, because I was thinking about Moody Blues, and man, this is a band that could hang. As long as Moody Blues, if we just had our heads on straight, and something said, I don't think so, no. <laughs> that was the end of that. Wow, man. Because I know stamina is something you've spoken about, and you mentioned one time about the power of breathing, how you had to rem remind yourself to breathe. A simple thing. Yeah, simple, but... I said to John, I said to John one day, I said, man, I'm just playing everything I got in the first bar, you know, how and we got three hours to play. What are we gonna do? And he said, Why don't you breathe? <laughs> and I just was like, That's it? He said, yeah, just you know, it, you can't play at that level of intensity in one bar. I mean, you've got to pace yourself. How about you play, take a couple steps back musically and try to get yourself through this thing. And if they can't, if everybody can't hear you, have 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 a dinky whoever turn you up. That's it, you know. And it was like, ooh, a door opening. I went, hey, makes sense, you know. And you know things like that. Understanding, being influenced by, uh, we used to listen for one period of time, the concerto for orchestra, you know, and. Everybody would listen to it at the same time. And I got to tell you, I mean, I just enjoyed it. I was influenced by it. Yeah. And, and I thought, wow, wow, wow. All of this is happening. A lot of classical music. Yes. And, and you, you go, wow, yeah, man. But still, at that point in time, 71, 72, I could hardly put two fingers in a piano and make any sense of it. I only started writing after the, the last year of the band was together. And I was like, that's it. I didn't know any other way. And, and, cause I, and I felt like my big thing was I just wanted to, to contribute to help sustain the level of excellence in the band. It wasn't, it wasn't about trying to be a, a, I could never be equal. And one of the things I really wanted to do was not play or write like John. I wanted to, to bring something else. Hence, we come full circle back around to laying it down. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I just wanted to go back back. Because everything else that was happening there was just so many, there's so much information. I mean, he did, uh, he, did he overdid it. He, he pulled five geniuses out of the hat. Hello, everybody. I'm David Frangioni, and what an incredible honor to have William Ludwig III, B3, Bill Ludwig, here with us today Thank you. to talk about WFL3 Drums, his drum company for a while now, really, and uh, get caught up to date. The Ludwig name is synonymous with drumming and uh, literally put drumming on the map uh, from the Ed Sullivan show onward. But what a, an incredible history. Welcome, Bill. 
Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Well, it's such an honor. Catch us up on what you're doing with WFL3 Drums. How, you know, I think a lot of people are, are familiar with it, but give us a little history and then bring us up to what's happening right now. Okay, sure. Uh, when I started out, I started with the aluminum shell snare drum. And then the next natural progression was the wood shell snare drum, followed by kits, which we introduced about two years ago uh, at, Jan at the Winter NAM. So we've been doing kits now. And when I started out this whole concept of a drum company, I looked around what the industry was doing and saw that everybody was doing thicker shells, eight ply, nine ply, and different woods and crazy mixtures of wood. And I said, no, I want to go back to basics and go maple, poplar, maple, three ply, the way my grandfather did it. And uh, we're very happy with uh, the way that's going. Everybody that plays the kits now within seconds says, oh, the classic sound. And it, it just makes me so happy because I was really focusing on sound when I started this project. And I know we got it with the snare drums and now we know we've got it with the kits. So wow, fantastic. So now are the kits, and I know exactly what you're referring to when you talk about that sound. Yes. Uh, I mean, Maple Ludwig drums from the seventies, let's say yes. as an example, yes. just have so much natural tone and resonance that the drums practically play themselves they're so beautiful of a of a of, a, of an instrument a sound that's it resonance you know and you have to have the thinner shells have more resonance and more tonal quality and so if you start with that in the first place it all comes together and are the drum are the now that you're doing these drum sets you've been doing them as you said for a couple of years um are there all kinds of custom sizes and people can order whatever kind of kit they want or other pre-configured setups. How does, how does someone go about choosing and or customizing, designing the kit for them? Well, we just revamped our website in March and we added a feature called Drum Builder. So you can do just that going on site, picking and choosing the sizes of drums. We don't do all custom sizes, but we do the basics. And we can do something special if, if you know need be once in a while, but we have the basic sizes, eight by you know, eight by ten, eight by twelve, nine by thirteen, and down. And uh, then you can also go to the next phase of that and pick the color or style of finish if you want to wrap or if you want to stain, which we're doing beautiful fades and bursts. And now we also just uh, introduced all of our sparkle finishes are a spray on process that we've been working on for over a year to perfect. And we've got it. And it's just beautiful. We put the uh, sparkle finish sprayed on the shell, then four coats of clear coat over that. And it really gives the sparkle a, almost a 3D effect. It gives it a deep look and it should they're just and no seams you know people were looking at the nam show at our new red sparkle and the blue sparkle and kept looking all around the drum and it said no seams and they said it's not a wrap so that's really a big step forward for us that's huge and and what are the sparkle color choices in that using we the do, process we do blue silver red caribbean sand champagne and spice awesome and so really all the colors people think yeah. about when you think about the different sparkle choices exactly and and those are all uh you can view those on our website and uh they're just uh beautiful beautiful finishes and what's the website address that everyone can go and custom configure their their kit it's wfliii drums plural dot com Awesome. And so tell us now about the snare drums. I mean, you know, Ludwig and snare drum could not be more synonymous if you tried. So what, what happened? I know that's how you launched uh, the company, but what's, what's exciting about the snare drums that you have and that you've been working on for a while now? 
Well, as I said, when I started, I had the sound in my mind of what I wanted. I know what a good snare drum should sound like. And uh, I started uh, with the aluminum shell snare drum in conjunction with Trick Drums, who was helping me uh, design the first series of snare drums. And uh, he's a, a metal engineer, so it's a very precise shell and everything's laser cut in the flat form. The bearing edge, the snare bed, the Roman numeral three, which is our logo, through the shell. And uh, I don't know if you can see this one behind me, but this is the, the three cut through the shell. Wow, and work of art. And you know, in the beginning, we thought, boy, that just that looks very sharp. However, we discovered with a bigger vent, venting area, it gives the bottom head a little quicker response to the snare. So it is improving the sound and a snappier snare sound. Amazing, so, absolutely amazing. So, and you know, these drums, everyone, you've got to hear them um, to to say that that B three. William Ludwig III as a legend would be an, an understatement. So to bring your years of expertise uh, and drum making vision to WFL3 drums is, is a great thing for the drum industry and for drummers worldwide. Thank you for doing that, Bill. Well, thank you. And uh, as I said, the sound was, was the most important thing to me. And we just revamped our logo and our tagline recently to be WFL three drums when your sound matters. So I love it. Well, and that's what matters, matters, right? Is our, as drummers, our sound yeah. is everything. Sure. And I love it because I've gone back to the basic old school days, going to a concert unannounced with a wood shell and a metal shell snare drum, get the sound check, go backstage and just kind of bullshit my way in and tell the security guy, you know, I'm supposed to deliver these. Oh, go over that way. And so I end up meeting the drummer and say, you know, here, would you just try this? And many times they've tried it at sound check and then turned and said, I want this drum. And I said, well, I'll get you one. No, no, I want this drum. And they tell their manager, pay me, and they keep the snare. So, <laughs> Well, it doesn't get any, any better than that. I mean, that says that, it all. Yeah. Wow. And so, you know, everyone, you got to check out these drums. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, do you have a memory that you want to share or a story from the Ludwig days, maybe with Ringo or during that heyday? Or what do you remember? What do you, what's a fond memory that had such an impact on you that you're still taking with you to this day? Because these drums are the heart and soul of what you created with your dad and grandfather over a century. And I mean, this is so significant in the world of drumming. What, you got a memory you want to share with us, inspire us all, as well, only B3 could, could have? Well, the one that really sticks out is, you know, this whole starting over again uh, goes back to the days of my grandfather in the 1930s when he sold the company. He started over again. He couldn't use his name, so he started WFL Drum Company and put William Ludwig president. So now here I am, so many years later, in the same boat, can't use my name, starting over. And I don't know if you ever saw the famous picture of my father giving Ringo the gold-plated snare drum. Yes, I've seen that photo. It's iconic. Ringo, you know, was kind enough when I was out of the industry for so many years to still let me come to his concerts when he'd come through Chicago with the All-Stars. And not only would he allow me to go to the concerts, but I was the only person allowed backstage, which was really cool. I mean, I was out of the business. He didn't have to do that, but he's just a nice guy. And we'd say hi and, you know, talk a little bit. So when I got around to starting this company and I told him about it, he said, oh, that's great. I wish you the best of luck. I said, I want you to have the first drum I make, number one off the assembly line. And I'd love to take a picture with you like you took with dad. And so he arranged that and let it happen. So there's a picture of me handing Ringo a snare drum 
just the same as my dad did. Wow, that's incredible. Is the picture on the website? Where do we see it? Uh, yes, I believe it is on the website or... Talk to Kipton. Tell him to get it up there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that that is uh, that's iconic, and yeah. that well, congratulations on that. Yeah. That see that's a moment only. There's only three people on the planet that could ever create that moment with Ringo, your grandfather, your dad, or you. And the lineage and the history and the time frame that we're talking about, it really only came down to one person on the planet that could have could have possibly had that moment and that time that time period kind of repeat and start the cycle over. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah. Thank Thank you very much. That, that really meant a lot to me. And, you know, as I said, he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to, you know, say anything to me after I left, uh, after I was separated with the company. So, but he's a nice guy. Well, he's a nice guy. And it, but it also says a lot about the integrity of the relationship that you and your family established with Ringo. Uh, I've had the pleasure of getting to know Ringo and work with him. Uh, and uh, he is an amazing man, uh, just an incredible human on top of all the other iconic things that he's accomplished musically. Um, but he is also a man of incredible loyalty and integrity. And you have to earn it with Ringo, as you know, and you clearly did. And you had a lot of years to earn it or not. Right. So it says a lot about uh, you know, how you approach business and drumming and, uh, and congratulations for that. And congratulations on WFL three drums, because, you know, there's nothing really new about the drums other than the company being new. You know, everything else is so established and so tried and true. Right. But one thing that was drilled into my head growing up by my grandfather and my father was customer service and quality product. So if you do that, everything else will just come together. So that's what I strive to do. And that's the, the really fun part of this now is you call WFL three drums and I answer the phone. And people <laughs> say, wow, I can't believe a Ludwig answered the phone. I said, well, it rang. So, you know, but in this day and age of all the push one to talk to this, you know, department and two for that. And uh, it is a, a, a exciting to be able to talk to somebody well it's it's exciting and it's it's absolutely awesome to have those values persist i i take it that at some point at ludwig maybe even a long period of time you guys did the same thing you had real oh, people yeah. answering the phone you had people had access it was very family driven absolutely i i worked several summers in high school in the customer service you know phone desk and I'd answer the phone. Hello, this is Bill. Can I help you? Uh, well, what's your name? What's your last name? Ludwig. What? And the people, they would get so flustered by it. And when we got busy, my dad, the calls would bounce into my dad's office and he'd answer calls. And again, people couldn't believe a Ludwig was answering the phone and they'd get so excited, they'd forget what they called about. <laughs> Well, and that's awesome because that's truly the that's truly the essence of customer service. And on top of making such a, such great instruments for so many years, and you're making great instruments right now that are brand new, cutting edge. They have you know tried and true uh, you know experience behind them. But there's so many new things that that you've figured out better ways to do. But that core of family values and taking what you learned through all of those years to build the Ludwig name to why it's so significant in drumming. Uh, a big part of it is that approach. And, and I love the fact that you're doing that at WFL three drums, because we we're missing that in the industry. We, we want that drummers want to be able to talk drums. I mean, there's really no bigger investment that a drummer makes than in his full blown main kit that he's going to use. That's really his, his heart and soul of what he's investing in. And you know that, and you're putting that into a customer service, uh, you know, uh, experience. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Yes. And, and made in the USA, you know, which is really cool because you could stop by the factory. It's in outside of Kansas city. Anybody's ever on tour or wants to see, check out some drums, come on by. Wow. Well, you heard it here first. B3 just invited you to the WFL3 Drums Factory. Uh, when I'm near Kansas City, I'll be there. B3, 
Bill, thank you so much for taking the time today out of your schedule, for sharing your wisdom and, and all of the new products that you've launched with WFL3 Drums with the drumming world. Thank you, Bill. Thank you very much. And uh, I'd also like to say one more thing, if I could, because everybody knows what's coming after Black Friday. Ho, ho, ho. And uh, please go to our website and check out the gift coupons we have for Christmas this year. First time we've done that. People can buy any any amount of money they want, give it to uh, their favorite drummer as a stocking stuffer. We also have a Black Friday sale going on during the four days after Black Friday and a Christmas sale after that. So Check it out to get your WFL3 drums under the tree, possibly. Well, that's fantastic. And that and they can do all of that on your website. Yes. Yes. Awesome. So tell let's tell everybody one more time, because you gotta check out this website. You gotta check out Black Friday, yeah. the, the gift cards and the Christmas specials. Right. WFLIII drums.com. Awesome. W-F-L-I-I-I, which of course is for the three. So W-F-L-I-I-I, drums, plural, dot com. Wow. Happy holidays for that, B3. Great to see you as always. Happy holidays to everybody out there and keep on drumming. What's up, everyone? Mike Dawson here, managing editor for Modern Drummer. This is the Shop Talk section. And this week we are featuring two metal snare drums by noble and cooley if you're not familiar with noble and cooley they are a company based out of massachusetts and they have a history that goes all the way back to 1854 when silas noble and james cooley started making drums in their kitchen and then those drums went on to be used by the northern regiments during the american civil war so this is one of the original drum companies in the united states they also ushered in the boutique era of drum companies in the 80s when Noble and Cooley drum sets uh, came onto the scene. They're known for making, you know, old school but very um, contemporary sounding steam bent drums from scratch. They're still making all of that stuff. Um, in fact, if you want to check out their wood shell offerings, check out the new Union series that's made from tulip wood, which is what the original Noble and Cooley drums were made from back in the 1800s but this week we are talking about two of their metal snare drums another classic noble and cooley product was when they teamed up with zildjian cymbals and made a bronze snare drum using zildjian's alloy but then you know so those are super popular and really high color you can find one of those um, those are special drums but then they used uh, cast aluminum to do another version so that's called the alloy classic and what we have for review here is the 4.75 by 14 Alloy Classic. And what they're doing different is they are now um, they're now painting them. So this, this is an alloy aluminum, cast aluminum shell that they painted with a high-gloss silver sparkle finish. Super gorgeous. You wouldn't even know it was a metal drum unless you, well, if you try to pick it up, it's super heavy. But it looks like a lacquered wood shell drum, but it's actually aluminum. So we're going to check that drum out. It also comes with their um, proprietary throw-off, sturdy uh, brass uh, lugs, really high-quality Noble and Cooley stuff. One of the coolest-sounding drums. You'll hear lots of crack, lots of pop. So we'll get to that one in a moment. And then we also have a 6x14 raw copper classic series, which is similar. Um, it's not a cast shell. It's actually a rolled shell, but it's thick, heavy copper. has that kind of... Uh, big, robust, um, rock and roll, modern rock kind of sound. That's six by 14. That has black chrome hardware, but it's still the proprietary brass lugs, uh, brass throw off. These are some of the best sounding metal shell drums that I've personally ever played. You're going to hear a pretty big contrast between the alloy classic, which I think is a real kind of popping kind of a smacky, real articulate sound. And then the copper, which is, you know, denser, bigger, fatter, more, more quote unquote, rock and roll sounding to my ear. Um, so, yeah, so let's um, let's check them out. So definitely go to Noble and Cooley's website. If you want to learn more about these drums, find a dealer near you to go check them out. 
They're pretty special. It was, uh, I didn't like sending these back. I wanted to buy these for myself, but alas, they had to go to their new homes. But I did get to do a nice long demo that goes the entire tuning range of both of these drums. So it's about six minutes for each drum. And we're going to start with the, the uh, let's start with the four by 4.75 by 14 alloy, which is the um, alloy classic, which is aluminum. And then we will go to the 6 by 14 copper, alloy copper. Here we go. Check them out.
there you go. Hope you enjoyed that. That is the Noble and Coley uh, alloy. That's the alloy classic aluminum and then the alloy copper to very exceptional metal shell drums. Check them out. The full review is posted at moderndrummer.com. If you just search Noble and Cooley, you'll find it. There's also video demos of those exact playing performances. So if you want to see the drum in action, you can check it out there. If you don't subscribe to Modern Drummer, I suggest you do because we post, I try to post demo views of every product that we review in the magazine so you can read about them and also see and hear them in action. Um, So yeah, that's it. Hope you guys have a great week and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you, everybody, for watching this week's Modern Drummer Podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode exclusively on Podcast One. Until then, stay safe and healthy, and thanks for listening and watching. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.